from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Start the show with some breaking news before we get into some basketball. Jerry Richardson, the founder of the Carolina Panthers, bringing the NFL to the Carolinas, if you will, in 1995, passed away at the age of 86. David Tepper and Nicole Tepper, who bought the Carolina Panthers for a cool $2.2 billion in cash back in 2017 because Richardson elected to sell the team after he was under scrutiny for workplace misconduct, sexual harassment, the like. Quote, Jerry Richardson's contributions to professional football in the Carolinas are historic. With the arrival of the Panthers in 1995, he changed the landscape of sports in the region and gave NFL fans here a team to call their own. And he's right. Jerry Richardson is highly influential, Joe, in bringing professional sports here to the area. We talk about the Panthers on a pretty consistent basis. I've gone out to Panthers games with the kids a couple of times. Uh, It's impactful. Uh, But as with all things, when somebody passes away, there are complications. There's always complicated legacies, especially of the billionaire class who do things like this, but also have some... Some history sure. that's not not so great. Yeah. I, the most difficult thing about my former job was writing obituaries. Mm-hmm. Because when you, particularly when you don't know the, the person on, on the personal level. Because people just want to tell you how great they were. Instead of giving you a, a complete picture of what they were and what they meant. Yes. The complete picture of Jerry Richardson is he is someone in, in this state's history. He came at a time where he carried the water for the NFL in such a way Here's all you need to know about Jerry Richardson, who was a former NFL player, yeah. made his money in uh, um, in Hardy's chains, okay? He kept the NFL logo at midfield of the Panther Stadium for as long as he was the owner. Not his team, but the NFL logo. Mm-hmm. So that's what the league meant to him. It meant everything to him to have a team, his team, at his old school, Wofford. You know, they mm-hmm. had their training camp there. He was obviously very loyal, but he was problematic in the sense that he had a he had racist issues. While in it with his Hardy's chains, mm-hmm. Denny's, and, Denny's most famously, yeah, and then with the issues as the owner of the Panthers, mm-hmm. where you might think, oh, he got canceled, or oh, those are those were that was a modern interpretation of some of the problems that he had. No, 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 no. Je- this Je- wasn't just Jeans Friday. It, it wasn't it, just yeah. an old man ogling the women that worked for him. Uh, it, it was problematic. Yeah. And you know when you go and I go, some and we won't we won't be big enough for someone to write about us. We all have our problems, mm-hmm. but I do think it's unfair to just it's unfair not to paint a complete picture of what he was. No, you owe it to the person. Yeah. You you owe it to the audience. You owe it to everybody. But you got to tell the whole history. And you know, straight up, the Panthers and the NFL are not here without in the Jerry state Rich- of North Carolina no. without Jerry Richardson. So. So we'll bring we'll bring a conversation that I had with Hill Caro. Uh, Hill Caro is part of the Triangle Sports Commission. He's got a long history in our region and in the state of North Carolina of bringing big events here. The most famous one being the 1987 Olympic Festival, and that led to some bigger projects. And if you've been listening to a brief history of Triangle Sports, I'm doing a series on the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks. The Raleigh Durham Skyhawks are a team that played in the World League of American Football one year. They didn't win a game. It was a complete disaster. 
But part of the reason why I wanted to tell the story about the Skyhawks is because it's a jumping off point to a lot of other things that were going on at that time that I wanted to help explain how they ended up being the way that they were, right? So you got the bullet points about how the Panthers came to be on the team website. Real simple. Jerry Richardson, former NFL player, had the money, had the connections, had a location in Charlotte, and he brought the NFL to North Carolina. But it wasn't that simple. There were a lot of other parties involved, a lot of partnerships, including our company, bringing NFL exhibition games to Carter-Finley Stadium in 1989 or Keenan Stadium in 1990. And the fact that this area was interested in bringing an NFL team here rather than Charlotte uh, in terms of not having a stadium. Or maybe when the Panthers did get started and while they were building what would end up being Erickson Stadium, now Bank of America Stadium, they would actually play games here. Instead, they ended up playing in Columbia at, uh, at University of South Carolina's stadium. Regardless, there's a lot of history there. We'll bring you a conversation from a brief history of Triangle Sports about how all that came to be in a very very influential, impactful time in the state of North Carolina that resulted in the Carolina Panthers being awarded as the expansion team and started play in 1995, but also how the Durham Bulls ended up in Durham rather than being moved out to the Triangle as a AAA team, international team. And to a certain extent, how the Carolina Hurricanes ended up coming about. So all that's tied back to an interesting time in the late 90s and or the late 80s, early 90s. Over on WRLSportsFan.com, I see the headline, ACC Men's Basketball Tournament Seeds, Scenarios, and Schedule. Oh, look at that. Joe Gillio with the byline. You, lo- you Give me love life. You love a you love a tournament seating scenario oh, situation. And there's nobody better at it than Patrick Stevens. Patrick Stevens discourse on Twitter, uh, Washington Post Bracketology. We had him on our program earlier this week. Just by just by me asking him, what was the year? What was the team from and Oh Southwest see, Missouri, two thousand and six? I was like, Oh, oh, that's Patrick. Went through all of the uh scenarios for us, has them all. I didn't realize Duke could still be the number three seat. So mm-hmm. there's some work to be done there. Um, I, it looks like Carolina, under the scenario that I see most likely, mm-hmm. Carolina winning Saturday night would make them the six, and then all Vir- all Carolina would need to be the six is for Virginia to win, which would make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, there's like nothing set for Wednesday's games at this point. Nothing moment. for Wednesday. There's three spots. They're all for Tuesday slots. Yeah. Just what you would think. Um, so, you know, if you're State or you're Carolina – Six sounds like, oh, I want to be higher, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the late slot every single night. And I know, uh, you know, the there's there's more people now who cover Carolina than anything else. Carolina and Virginia are like the last two like media hordes. And I'm sure they're all convinced that, you know, the, the basketball gods are out to get them and they'll get the 930 start. Mm-hmm. So, um, but also I was just looking at it. It could potentially be a, a third matchup for Carolina against Pitt uh, on Thursday. So if they could survive that first game, which I think they probably would. Now, speaking of basketball, we got the Carolina-Duke game on Saturday. That's going to be at the Smith Center. And Mike Krzyzewski has been making some media rounds today. Uh, I know he was on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max earlier today. I think he was on on 680 in Atlanta as well. And I'm pretty sure I saw him like doing a Good Morning America yeah. hit not that long ago. You know what's funny is I, I don't have an adversarial relationship with Mike, but I also, like, he's not someone that I ever covered regularly sure. or have, like, the kind of ability to reach out to and. How much, but this morning I was actually thinking, I was like, you know, it would be good to talk to this week are two people, Brady Manick and Mike Krzyzewski. Those mm-hmm. are two people I'd be interested in talking this week. So my spidey senses were right. Usually my news judgment is right when mm-hmm. people are ready to kind of come out yeah. and talk. And, and, you know, what's he going to say at this point? But 
Uh, I've seen also on Facebook, you could see he, he's doing a master class and something, and you see yeah. they, they're like in the huddle, and he's going, just play. And I'm like, this is what – like, I get it. He's won all these games. But, like, I'm laughing at what qualifies as the master class. Just play. Oh, oh okay. Is, it, is that simple? I got it. Well, it's like every it's like every <laughs> mic'd up segment that we get. Yeah, they're only going to give you the most vanilla stuff sure, that comes sure. out of a mic'd up segment, whether it's the NBA, the Can't NHL. give away everything, right? Right. It, I, there are rules to this. Mm. So all you really get in these real quick mic'd up segments are like, all right, go out there and play hard. Oh, is that what gets me $9 million a year? Oh. Okay. It's like, well, I could do that. It's like, hey, they're gonna knock you back on your heels. You gotta get back up out there, and you gotta make a defensive play. Oh, well, I, mean, I could have done that. Yeah, it, it's a little bit deeper than that. Here's Mike Shashevsky on with Keyshawn, Jaywell, and Max talking about John Shire and how this season with Duke, Shire's doing what he needs to do. Has the Blue Devils in position to win? Terrific job, but that doesn't surprise me. I know how good life? John is, and. Uh, he really understands the game, and yeah, Jay, he he really develops great relationships with his players. So you can see right now, in the, in the last few weeks, because they've had everyone healthy, that they're they're becoming one, and they believe in one another. They really like one another. So I, we got you know we have a chance, I think, and he's brought them along really well. We. Love it. I like that. I like that. I also, I'm, you know, it, it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside to hear the Mike Krzyzewski fake laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you, bless you. I'll answer your question, though. Uh, here's Coach K on, you know, I guess just taking in the UNC Duke game this weekend. I mean, he's not going to be at the Smith Center, but here, here's what he had to say. I feel good. I feel good not coaching it. Uh, I've had uh, 98 times I, I was in the Duke-UNC game, and it was an honor to be in all of them. Not at the beginning, because Jordan Worthy and those guys were a little bit better than we were. And, uh, no, it's an honor to be in that rivalry, you know, where the 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 focus of attention for college basketball that day or the day before and the day after is that game. A lot of people feel like North Carolina needs to win this game, a quad one game, to add to their NCAA resume. So uh, you're going to have two very hungry teams. Mike Krzyzewski, bracketologist? Oh, I mean, what else is he doing? I love it. What I mean, seriously, what else is he doing? Speaking of hoops, the women's basketball tournament taking place in Greensboro right now. NC State is up on Syracuse, 47-35, with 421 left in the third quarter. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the likes. Leave the comments. Whatever you can do to manipulate the algorithm in our favor. We actually got a crash course on some YouTube algorithmic tendencies, thanks to Ashley earlier today. And some of my hunches were, were crystallized, thanks to Ashley. When I say leave some comments, leave some damn comments, people. When I say hit the likes, hit the freaking likes, okay? Because those things work. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I went into the dad mode. There. Yeah, you did. I went into dad mode. Sorry about that. Woo. Sorry. I need to that. clean my room. Yeah, seriously. It's like I thought. I think I did my homework, but like, I'm not sure. I'm, are we grounded, Julio? It's like I thought. I, we're I thought I told you to take the trash out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We'll give you two minutes from Adam Gold, Kane's Corner Podcast. Kane's in, what was it, uh, Las Vegas last night? And they lost. Power play. I'm sorry, lack thereof. You can't. It's This is where you uh, do the tap your forehead thing. Be like, you know, I'm going to outsmart you galaxy brain here. You can't be bad at the power play. If you're it, never on if it. If you're never on the power play. And last night, Rod Brindamore is at the point in the year where he is letting you know that not getting on the power play is a problem and it's not going to balance out. I know he had also said that tonight there was only one power play on either side, but it's been a little bit where we've seen a stretch, maybe not a ton of power plays for your group. Has that gotten to be a frustrating point or not quite? It's five years of it. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just check the facts. Check the facts. Since we've been doing this, I mean, at some point it's got to even out. That's what they tell me. That's what they tell me, but it's... Uh, <laughs> a little bit. It's concerning because you got a you know a game like this, a tight game. You know, there, there was a couple there for sure. Um, but anyway, that's that's not about this game. This game was us just giving their best player a little too much, and you know, that's can't do that. That's right, Brennan Moore, head coach, Carolina Hurricanes, after the loss last night. Uh, those are just a fa- there was like a combination of state fan and Hubert Davis after the Carolina Duke game at Cameron Indoor Stadium earlier this year. It's like. We got to the line three times. I'm just stating a fact. Unless Rod Brindamore is just stating facts about the last five years with the power play. It's pent up, man. You got to let that out sometimes. Uh, makes sense. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, fellas. I got two minutes for two different topics that both have to do with the Hurricanes. Only one of them has anything to do with last night's 3-2 loss in Las Vegas. But a quick check of the standings. Oh, no. The New Jersey Devils are now just one point behind Carolina. The New York Rangers are now just seven points behind Carolina. Uh Uh-oh. Carolina does have a game in hand on the Devils and two games in hand on the Rangers. But those... Objects in the rearview mirror may be closer than they appear. Both the Devils and the Rangers got significantly better at the trade deadline. Carolina, here's the other topic, right? It has nothing to do with the game last night because that had nothing to do with this. Yesse Puljujarvi from Edmonton, who's probably a fourth liner on this team, and Shane Gostisbehere, who actually will have some value, hopefully helping the power play because that's his specialty. Those are the two ads so far. It's not Friday at 3 o'clock yet, so maybe there will be more. And I'm here to tell you that I think there has to be more for Carolina to get an actual bump from the trade deadline. As for last night, goal number one, the stall line in Pesci and Shea was caught on the ice too long, and ultimately Jack Eichel in the slot beat Freddie Anderson, who made himself small by going down too soon. That made it 1-0. The second goal was a breakdown defensively by Brent Burns. No reason to be where you were, sir. And a bad pass from Paul Stasny ended up in a breakaway to Eichel. Bad play. And then, I'm not sure what Calvin DeHaan was thinking. Maybe, hey, Shane Gostisbehere just got my spot in the lineup, but he was in no man's land. 
and he was responsible for the third goal. On top of that, wasn't great goaltending from Freddie Anderson. Does Don Waddell want to handle that part? Anyway, that's why Carolina lost 3-2. Nothing to do with the trade deadline, which is coming up tomorrow. It's Adam Gold. Spicy Adam Gold. Very, very spicy. Very sassy spicy. Adam Gold. Uh, the, I think we're at the point. That's in, a late night. I didn't. I was up early. Yeah, I already did my show. Yeah, yeah. Now I got to do this. Like, well, you need one more thing out of what? me? What? Fine. This is what you get. So I, I think what's adding to the spiciness is that right now, Kane's Twitter. Butts are gripping it. Yeah. Gripping it. Hard right now for a variety of reasons. Like I was reading Greg Wyshynski today, ESPN. We had Greg on earlier this week. And the article was based on something that he had heard from a Western Conference player. And with all the deals that have been done so far, and it's not even Friday yet. I think the, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially the, the guy from the Western Conference, the synonymous guy from the Western Conference said, holy crap, the East is a beast. Okay, I think we can all recognize that. Rangers got stronger. Boston's getting stronger. You know, the Devils are on a collision course. That might be why New York has done what they have done. Totally get these moves. Meanwhile, the Canes have done... I don't want to say nothing. The Canes have done what they've typically done. Try to try to outsmart people. Try to find the value. Try to find the market inefficiency. Dundin it up, if you will. And look, I'll just repeat a simple point. And I'm going to keep repeating this simple point from now until the results of the postseason are in. The Canes have proven that what they have is really good in the regular season. And there is value to being really good in the regular season. It puts butts in seats. It keeps people engaged. And it puts you in a better position for the playoffs. That being said, once you get to the playoffs... What happens? Like, Corey Lavalette, I know I posted this last night because the TNT broadcast was pointing out what the Canes need. The Canes need goal scorers. And Corey posts the top 30 goal scorers right now, I think, in the Eastern Conference. And there's, like, two Canes on there. What is it? Svechnikov and Natchez, right? Who had another unbelievable goal last night. Natchez. Right. We're not such Aho, I mean. So, Aho and Natchez. Right. I mean, no, nobody's denying that the Canes have these guys who have produced in the regular season. And I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm really not. Because it's hard. And you and I, Joe, have been here long enough that we understand the feast or famine that was the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. Feast or famine. Cup twice between 02 and 06. Went to the finals. Great, mm -hmm. unbelievable runs. Mm -hmm. And then nothing. Nothing. Like a desert for 10 years. Sucked well, after the... nine. They sucked after the cup. And then they, met, they fired Peter Laviolette. Here comes uh, Paul Maurice again. The, the original 2.0. Yeah. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice 2.0. And then he draft. I forgot what he used to call them, like the his merry band of misfits or whatever it was. And they get to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. and they get smoked by the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh team. Was that, Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh team was on another level. And then obviously, the as we know, the 10 years of the desert. So this has been five years of success. And again, I commend Tom Dundon for putting this team in a position and allowing Rod Brindamore's culture to be what it is. However, <laughs> does this team have what it takes to go far in the playoffs? I'm not making it act like it's an easy yeah. thing to do. Not everyone can do it, though. But not everybody can Look do it. Look at Ottawa for all those years. Yeah, I know they went, they went to the final, but they had a group together. Yeah. And every year, they were a you know near the top of the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. They even had years where they were, they were mm -hmm. the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. It's just not easy. 
And it's like when, when I say it's people, a crazy tournament. It really is. And when I say people are gripping tight, I don't mean it in a dismissive way. That's good. Okay. Yeah. But they're also uh, here's one thing I, I'm going to try to make clear this week, and I I get it. All of these teams that made moves, I commend teams that make moves. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. There is no magic bullet in hockey. No. Like, if you're going to well, get Vasilevsky <laughs> See, there from, it is. From, there it is. from Tampa. There's your then, magic bullet. Yeah, sure. There's your ba- no, I mean, there is a magic bullet. But, the goalie. You know, but yeah. come on. Yeah. I, I don't, with, and I get that. it. All these moves, there are moves that help. We saw it in 06. They're, they're, they are usually these ancillary moves. It's usually not yeah. the Timo Meyer or the Bo Horvat. Like I said, it's good that we feel this way about the Carolina Hurricanes. It's good that people are gripping tight. It is good that the expectations for the Carolina Hurricanes have been elevated over the last five years of regular season success because at some point you had to graduate from the, oh, goody, we're back in the playoffs and see what happens. No, now it's that next level. And I think how we talk about the Canes also has to move up with the expectations and where we expect them to go. And I understand why people are freaking out or gripping tight about the lack of serious big moves. But, as E.J. Raddick told us yesterday, and as Adam Gold cryptically told me as he was leaving the studio, we still got like 24 hours, folks. So, take that for what it's worth. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.